Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. If you will turn with me to the scriptures I read before, 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. This is Paul speaking. And what did he preach? Paul preached the gospel. The gospel. But to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross, notice, the cross and the gospel are the same thing. But the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, which are saved. And in some other editions, it says being saved. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The cross. What is the power of God? The gospel. The gospel. That's why Paul preached the gospel and nothing else, because that's where the power of God is. Now, what is the gospel? Turn with me a couple chapters over to 1 Corinthians 15. The actual, and as I like to say, bona fide definition of the cross is in this Bible. And it's in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. This is Paul. I declare unto you the gospel. Anybody ask you, what do you believe in? You've got your answer right here. Which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. By which also you are saved. Set at safety anything you need. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you. Unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all. Which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. That is the gospel. And why did Paul preach the gospel? Because that's where the power is. If you want the power of the resurrection to work in your life, you're going to find it in the gospel. And that's why I preach it. Now, if you will turn with me to 1 Kings 18. Years ago, when God was ministering to me the, the gospel, when he was first giving me the revelation... I remember sitting in my room one day and I was reading and the power of God was in my heart and there was a conversation going back and forth between me and the Father through the Holy Spirit and God was teaching me, giving me the revelation and I asked God a question and I'm going to ask you today, why, why was Jesus raised from the dead? Why? And you know what I told God? I said, well, why was he? I said, Jesus, I know, died on the cross. He had our sin on him. I said, I know that Jesus went to hell because of our sin. Jesus went to hell. And I made the simple question. I said, why isn't he still there paying for my sin? I mean, that's a lot of sin. When you think of carrying the sin of the whole world, why isn't he still in hell paying for my sin? We're going to look at that today, what God showed me. But first, we're going to go to 1 Kings 18. And I'm going to read verse 22. It says, Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. That Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore get us two bullocks, two big cows, 
for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I'll dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And you call upon the name of your gods and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, but there, and there was not any answer. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he's a god. Either he's talking, or he's pursuing, or he's in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets until the blood gushed out of them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer, nor any then regarded. And Elijah said unto the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, under the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as was contained two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bullock in pieces, laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah, the prophet, came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. And that I, thy servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. Amen. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. Let this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. And then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And all the people saw it and fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is God. He is God. Notice, after the, sac after the fire came down, the only thing that was left was some scorched ground. Some scorched ground. That is the power of God. And he received Elijah's sacrifice. Now, turn with me to Ephesians 5. Verse 2, do you know that you have a sacrifice? Do you know that there was a sacrifice made on your behalf, yours personally? Ephesians 5, 2, I'm going to begin in verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us, and has given himself for an offering, for an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Jesus became an offering and a sacrifice for you, 
for me. Became a sacrifice and offering, just like Elijah's, for you. For you. Now, go with me to Isaiah 53. We're going to take a look at that sacrifice that was made on your behalf for you. You have a sacrifice. This sacrifice has to do with you. Not with just humanity of all mankind. It has to do with you. It has to personally do with you. Now, what was on that sacrifice? I'm going to begin in verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form. No form. What happened to the form of Jesus? Every bone of his on the cross was dislocated. Why? Why was every bone dislocated on the body of Jesus? If you look earlier in Isaiah 52, it says, As many were astonished at thee, his visage so marred more than any man. This is our offering. This is our sacrifice. This is your sacrifice. This is your offering that was offered on your behalf. This offering's yours. And now we've got every bone out of joint and he's marred more than any man. No form. And it says he has no form of comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He did not die a noble death. He did a noble act, like I said, but he did not die a noble death. He looked grotesque. Listen to me. That sacrifice looked grotesque. And that sacrifice was made for you. It is your sacrifice. Just like Elijah had his sacrifice, now you got one. And now look at it. Three, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, that word is pain, and acquainted with grief, that word is sickness. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But for surely, 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 he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. One more verse. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Take a look at the sacrifice, if you will. We have been talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for the past several weeks. I spoke about Jesus in the garden. I spoke about Jesus on the cross and what he looked like. I spoke about his body not seeing corruption and his soul and his spirit going to hell. That is our sacrifice. Now look with me as you would, standing outside the tomb. Suffer me for just a little bit and stand with me outside the tomb. What is in that tomb? In that tomb is an offering made on our behalf. In that tomb is a body that is dead, that has every sin that you and I committed on it. Every sin. It was put on him when he was on the tree. Like I've said before, are you a murderer? Well, there was a murderer laying in that tomb because God took the murder that you committed and put it on the body of Jesus, and now that dead body's laying in tomb with murder on it. Thank God. If you, are you a child molester? 
Are you a child molester? I have good news for you. God took that child molestation and he put it on the body of Jesus on the cross. And that body took your sin that you did and he paid for it. And right now, as we are talking, that body, that spirit and soul in hell is paying for that child molestation. Are you an adulterer? But God took that adultery and put it on that body. So that body in the grave now has your adultery on it. Your adultery. Your sexual perversion is on that body in that tomb. Your cancer is on that body in that tomb wrapped up. Your AIDS is on that body in the tomb all wrapped up. That's what's laying in that tomb That's what's laying on your offering. Your offering. I want you to make this offering yours. Whatever you have done is laying on that body. Those lies, that unbelief, that weakness, those lusts are all laying on that body in the tomb. Your offering. Just like Elijah had an offering, you've got one right now, and it's laying in the tomb. Now, what is God going to do with it? What is God going to do with your offering? Did you know that your eternal life, your life now here for the rest of the time, all depends on what God does with your offering? That is your offering. And the rest of your life depends on if God is going to accept that offering or not. What is God going to do with all your sins and all your iniquity and all your perversities and all your sickness and all your pains and all your poverty, all your wickedness? It's on that body wrapped up in the tomb. Now, what is God going to do with it? Is he going to receive it? Is he going to receive it? Okay, let's go to Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to sick, uh, to grief, sickness. It pleased the Lord to do this to Jesus. It pleased the Lord to make Jesus suffer on the tree and have every bone out of joint. It pleased the Lord to send that man to hell for you. It pleased him. It pleased him. And it said, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now look at this next verse, 11. He shall see the travail of his soul. Whose soul? Jesus' soul. Where? In hell. In hell, paying for your offering, paying for your sin. That's your adultery he's paying for. That's your lying he's paying for. That's your sin he's paying for in hell. It said he shall see the travail of his soul and look at those next five words and shall be satisfied. Shall be satisfied. You know how satisfied he was? Turn with me to Matthew 27. If you take these words into your heart, you will never fear again that this sacrifice didn't work for you. Remember, this is your sacrifice. How did the father receive it? It said he was satisfied. I'm going to show you how he was satisfied. Verse 50. 
And Jesus then cried with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. This is where he died. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent and top to the bottom. And notice next, the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were open. Many bodies, many. I want you to look at that word, many bodies. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Do you see when God received that sacrifice what happened? Not only Jesus came out of the grave, many came out of the grave. Many people the graves opened, and these people came out of the graves with Jesus. That's how much the Father was satisfied with that sacrifice in the tomb. He not only raised up Jesus, he raised up many with him. And like I've said before, you open the door in Jerusalem, and there stands Grandma. She was dead 10 years ago. Why? Because the sacrifice was accepted. Your sacrifice was accepted. That sacrifice was yours and it was accepted. And the power of God raised Jesus from the dead. That's why God raised Jesus from the dead. Because the sacrifice was accepted. Because God received the sacrifice of his son. And Jesus knew he would. And Jesus walked out of the grave. Now, you want to receive that sacrifice? You want to receive that acceptance? You want to receive how God was satisfied with that? Do you know that there is no question with the resurrection? There is absolutely no question with the resurrection that you have been forgiven. You have been healed. You have been made rich. Turn with me one last verse, quickly. Acts 17, verse 31. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Joel was talking about that earlier. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men, in that he has raised Jesus from the dead. There is your assurance. You no longer have to question if God will forgive you because that sacrifice was accepted. You no longer have to worry, will God heal me? That sacrifice was accepted. You just have to believe. And how do you believe? Romans 10 says, Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, shall be saved. What do you have to do? Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the one that came out of the grave for you. Call on the one that made the offering for you. Call on the name of Jesus and you shall be saved. We are going to finish here with the Water of Life boys ministering to you, the anointing. And while they are ministering, call on the name of Jesus.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.